what's going on it's another episode of left side heavy the podcast presented by blue wire it's your host jevin lafave it's the usual me and hayden today on a very very packed episode we talked about some u.s open we talked about some live golf some nfl news with deshaun watson and deshaun watson settling 20 20 out of his 24 cases got some gronkowski retirement news the golden state warriors are champions once again talk about the nhl awards some canucks breaking news and the stanley cup finals it was a very very packed show lots to talk about lots of enjoyment and it was just a very great episode overall um so i hope you guys enjoy i won't ramble on too much but if you're listening to this but you want to watch instead head over to the youtube left side heavy subscribe ring the bell comment like do all that really helps the interaction really helps the show and anywhere you get your podcast leave a rating review that also helps grow the show so that would be very much helpful but onto the podcast me and hayden on episode 106 enjoy It's episode 106 of Left Side Heavy, the podcast presented by Blue Wire. It's your boy, Jevin LeFave. We got the usual Hayden on the block as well. We're going remote this episode due to a little birthday action we got going on the other side of this line here. Hayden, how's it going, brother? It's going good, going good. And yeah, no birthday action from uh, the old pops and uh, the cost of gas making me not really want to drive from poco to ridge back to poco in the matter of a couple hours what do you mean man just put the <laughs> money away and <laughs> come over fucking live with it just to drive back to pit meadows just do it man Fuck. it's not that big of a deal maybe when i win the lottery okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe when you get a small loan of a million dollars for my father Amberters. Yeah, <laughs> no, but how you been, brother? How's the new job? Good, man. The uh, first two days have been fucking just gone by like fucking a snap in the wind, a flick of the wind. I don't know what fucking snap of the is. finger, snap of the finger. Yeah, whistle <laughs> in the wind. Uh, yeah, no, it's nice starting at six in the morning. Kind of shit waking up at four fifty in the morning, but. I'm home by 2.30 every day. It's essential now because now I'm going to be golfing every Thursday or at least trying to be and just having a good fucking time. Yeah. I mean, 6 to 2.30 is not bad at all. 2.15. 2.15. Whereabouts do you – are you um, at a different place every week, every month, nope. every contract or whatever? Mm-hmm. Whereabouts are you working out of? Well, the main squeeze, the warehouse, is just behind the uh, fill. Just behind the fiddle? Yeah, just behind the fiddle. And okay. uh, it's so, it was so funny, actually, really funny story. So my my boss, who I talked to a couple weeks ago about this job, he's like, have you ever driven, like, a big truck or, like, a big van? And I'm thinking, like, well, the biggest thing that I've driven 
is like the Isuzu box cabin with like, yeah. you know, just a regular standard size box, but on the back of it, you know, yeah. probably about like 16 foot. Yeah, like what do you classify as like a big truck? Yeah, so I basically yeah. just told him that I could probably carry about like 10 tons worth of stuff. And he's like, oh, okay, this is nothing to what you're going to be driving. And I'm like, oh, perfect. That's fine, right? Me being totally fucking uh, just not knowing exactly what could go on when you're moving cabinetry and, you know, all this other furniture. I uh, get there yesterday and he's like hey or not not my boss but my foreman he's like hey so you and this other guy are gonna take a delivery first week you're here it's kind of a busy fucking week so be ready for lots of deliveries to get stuff out of the shop i'm like yeah that's fine yeah right and uh the other guy looks at me when we're getting ready to leave after we've loaded everything in the truck and he's like he's like wiggling the uh, keys in my my face because the van that they're driving is literally like a 20 foot moving van oh my (laughs) like it's fucking huge and buddy's like or i look at buddy and i'm like oh what am i driving and he's like yeah and i'm like oh fuck my first day (laughs) no way first day first day yeah and like i didn't even talk to steve like about say you know, I've never driven anything this big, but you know what? Got behind the wheel, drove it uh, out to Mission, fucking way beyond the ass crack of dawn out there. And uh, yeah, it was pretty good. And then the real test was today. I drove it all the way through downtown. God damn. Yeah, right right near Science World. And uh, it was pretty sick, actually. We unloaded the truck and went up to a penthouse and got to see what the inside of a penthouse is like yeah it's it's actually so sick so yeah by the time i leave the shop usually we kind of leave like around eight nine somewhere around there and then we do like two hours of work get back have lunch and by that time it's already been like four hours yeah and like the first two hours of work are just basically fucking easy work. And then the last two hours is just fucking, all right, do we got another delivery? Let's load up the truck, get out of here. That's unreal. That's how my first two days have been. And that's, you know, other than loading up, because I don't think we have a delivery for Thursday, but we have a delivery going out tomorrow. So it should just be, you know, another three easy days and that's pretty much it and you get to see like a lot of cool places so that's money yeah it's pretty fucking fire job i must say that's sweet and you got that through like a family friend kind of thing yeah family friend yeah that's sweet dude you remember remember christine right like the the girl that's like really good friends with my mom remember the name can't put a face to a name okay well basically it's her husband's company okay and yeah, I know he fucking just asked my mom, was like, hey, do you know if uh, Hayden has any younger friends like looking to join the millwright business? And then my mom was like, well, ask him. Yeah. <laughs> and Why not? Here we are. Here we are. Well, Hayden, we got a pack show on our hands today, so uh, we better get the snowball rolling here. And we'll kind of start with our little bet that we had over last episode. Uh, didn't we didn't put anything on it that I can remember, but we had a little U.S. Open draft. 
and it was based on winnings, and I won by about $28,000. or tw- No, no, two hundred. Two hundred and eighty dollars Yeah, $280,000. There we go. That sounds way more correct. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but the most important thing, what made headlines, Matthew Fitzpatrick wins the U.S. Open, his first win in, uh, in North America. Insanity. You know, yeah, crazy. But... Yet it's the second time winning in Brookline on Brookline course. Yeah, he won the amateur. Yeah, he won the USM. So, what are your thoughts on the US Open win by uh, Matty Fitz? From what I saw, and I only saw really the last about 12 holes on Sunday, Uh, obviously, we were gone. Yeah. We were away. I uh, didn't really watch any on Thursday. Probably could have. But, I mean, like, watching a Thursday round is just telling yourself that you have nothing else to do in your life, and that's just really fucking boring. So, <laughs> uh, watching the last 10 holes, it it was it was a good battle between, uh, you know, Scheffler, uh, Zalatoris, and Harrington, right? Like, it was... Harrington, Fitzpatrick. Uh, was, uh, Fitzpatrick, fuck. What am I saying? <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, Jesus, Lordy. I <laughs> uh, can tell you how long he's really like been a name for himself on the tour. I really don't even know who this guy is. You know, I haven't really heard his name pop up. And yeah, I mean, looking back on it, you play this course once, you win it. You know, you're probably a good chance to win it again. But yeah, from from what I watched, it was just Scheffler couldn't get a good like four or five holes that could win him the tournament and Zalatoris went on a little heater but then kind of cooled off and just left it wide open and that's uh that's what it came down to well I mean hole 18 uh Fitz wanted to hit his driver but then his (laughs) caddy made him pull three wood and then next thing you know, Fitzy hook line and sinkers it right into the fucking uh, fairway bunker. The uh, one place he did not want to hit it because he says he's the worst at fairway bunkers. Literally. So, and even the uh, announcers were like, he does not want to hit this left. And then he fucking hooks it into the bunker. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, damn, Zalatoris has a chance to win here. <laughs> yeah. If he misses... If he loses on the 18th, is that caddy gone? <laughs> Even though, like, how great he's done because he's caddied so many players to potentially win a major, but has come up short because this is his first major, Billy Foster. Yeah. With, despite how good he is, is he gone at, if, oh, <laughs> Fitz, no. if, if Fitz loses? <laughs> Not at all. I think Fitz just had the fucking pressure on his back. Yeah. Three wood three wood is the smarter choice, you know, because it, it was clear he only had a 180-yard shot from the bunker, right? Like it wasn't anything super, super difficult. Like it wasn't like a 220-yard shot out of the bunker. It was a and if he actually hit it in the rough or on the fairway, it would have been even shorter, you know what I mean? So it could have been more controlled. He didn't need to go for gold. Yeah. He didn't need to pull out the driver and fucking uh, I'm sorry, pull up the disco stick and, you know, try and go for the dance floor right away. But, yeah, no, he uh, he's definitely fucking recovered. What a what a shot from the fairway bunker. 
and to stick it to that much and two putt for the win. <laughs> and uh, as clutch as as clutch as you can be, really. Oh, like that shot was much, unbelievable. Pretty much as clutch as you can be after, uh, you know, a terrible, terrible pull from yeah. uh, the the tee shot. So. Yeah, no, Zalatoris missing that birdie putt. I almost was, like, just watching it before he even took the putt, and I'm like, this isn't going in. Like, I, something just told me, you know, it wasn't yeah. Zalatoris's match to win, and inevitably that's what happened. Yeah, the going back to the drive, I think it wasn't necessarily a matter of going for goal. It's just, like, Fitzpatrick was hitting his driver, like, he was hot with the disco stick that day. So I think it was just a matter of continuing momentum with a certain club, which is why he wanted to go with it. But to your point, three wood was a smarter play because like it, you're taking the long out of play, like staying in the fairway. If he hits it straight, like if he stretches it right down the pipe, he's like, he's right there. But I mean, it's just like his driver, he was hot with it that day. So it's like, if you got the confidence with it, then it's like almost roll with it. But, yeah, no, he in the bunker, just an unreal shot, kind of like the tiger shot back at the RBC in 2000. Like mm-hmm. that six iron from the bunker, Fitzy has that eight iron from the bunker and just puts it to like 12 feet. Just unbelievable yeah, shot. No, it was and clutched up for the win. And it was, he basically put the balls in, in Billy, Billy Z's court. And yeah. But he just couldn't just burn the edge on the left side of the cup. But no, unreal win by Fitzpatrick. And it's so crazy that's it's his first win over like first professional win over here in North America. He's won a few times on the European tour, but it's his yeah, first win crazy. over here. That's that's insane to me. Absolutely. So many uh good things to come with uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick. He's a guy that's getting like 30 yards in distance too. He's just a small little guy. He still has braces mm. on. Like just a guy yeah, that, who doesn't fit the mold of a, of a professional so golfer. And he's just hitting it like 290 yards, mm-hmm. winning U.S. Opens. Yep. Just striping it, making us all look like fools. But now shout out to Matty Fitz. I'll definitely be voting for him in the future later because I like those. I like the – tier two, three golfers who kind of like don't win as much, but finally get put in the spotlight. I like rooting for those guys. So shout out to Matty Fitz for that. Uh, more golf news though. Brooks Kepka is off to uh, live. Yeah, that, that was a fucking shocker. I'll admit uh, seeing that tweet retweet actually from, I think it was uh Shefty uh, getting in a little bit of golf news. Uh, Adam Shafts. Yeah. I, I think it was Shefty. It could have been rap. But, uh, yeah, no, seeing that, I was like, honestly, I'm not surprised. You know, I heard Liv yeah. push, what was it, like, close to what Phil was making? I or, wouldn't like, be surprised. I didn't necessarily see the dollar amount. I just saw that he was heading over. I just saw a meme, and it was like, uh, we'll see. offer you 100 mil. And then, uh, like, Liv was like, oh, we'll offer you 100 mil. And then Brooks was like, oh, well, I could consider that. And before you could it finished consider that it was 200 mil take her to leave it right so i don't know if it was exactly that but i mean it's definitely got to be in between 100 and 200 so i mean 100 million dollars is uh obviously life-changing uh very much so i would i would do well with 100 million dollars i feel like 
You know, especially see guaranteed. How much did Brooks uh, Kepka? It should be almost like top story. To go to live. Ridiculous bonus to join the Live Golf Tour. Should say right here. 150 million dollars. Ah, there we go. It's right in the middle, right smack dab middle, which yeah, to DJ and Phil. Pretty close. I think it was about the same as DJ. They said. Oh, okay. 150 schmil. Yeah. Which I would which I would kind of put them two together. Yeah, it's I would kind too. of pretty neutral. I'll put DJ slightly up. Just because of all but, of the more stuff that he's won, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, they're pretty similar. They're pretty comparable in terms of overall. But yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all. Kepka's always given off that frat mentality where like he, he like the I don't really give a fuck mentality where he doesn't like to play golf. He just does it because he's good at it. He said that multiple times. He's... he's He's advocated several times that like golf needs to be shorter, like 14 holes is better mm-hmm. instead of 18. So he's always always been a guy who's like doesn't like to play as much. He's like, even when he's full on healthy, he only likes playing the majors because that really only gets him out. So Liv sets him up perfectly with everything like that. It's like it's set up and structured, like only eight events a year. He's getting $150 million, which is like absurd so it doesn't really surprise me that he's going over there Mm -hmm. but i'm almost surprised it didn't happen sooner but i guess he just wanted to kind of wait for other guys to head over first so he hasn't necessarily waters and stuff like that yeah so yeah 150 million dollars to go over but doesn't really surprise anyone really so So yeah, that's a that's a little golf talk there. Uh, we'll head over to the NFL. So big news came out with Deshaun Watson and his lawsuits. Yeah, he has settled with air quotes. <laughs> very, I'm putting so much strength into these air quotes right here. Head over to YouTube to see the powerful air quotes from myself. He has settled in very strong air quotes. Twenty of twenty four cases, but. I have a hunch that he just paid threw him a ton of money to be like, let's just end this. And they're like, yep. Okay. So <laughs> I'm not really like nothing has been proven yet. So yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to be like, Oh, he's innocent. Mm-hmm. Technically he's innocent until proven guilty. That is how it goes. But I mean, I'm not like when there's 24 cases against you, it's really hard to say that you're innocent until proven guilty. It's 100%. more like I'm skeptical until proven guilty. That's yeah. what that's what I'm like. So when 20 cases have been settled, I'm assuming you just like cut them a check and just. Yeah, like, especially right at once. You yeah. Know, or like we're getting this news at once. Who knows if it was settled like day by day by day. But I mean, you know, this. Yeah, it's. And it's I mean, brutal. and think about it. He's an NFL player, so he's been making money. Yep. He just signed a contract of guaranteed $250 million from Cleveland Browns, and he obviously had to get a signing bonus on top of that. So he probably got money right when he got signed. 
So he's probably been getting chunks of that. So he's probably putting that towards paying some of these people off. So he, he literally just signed. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I this is just all such a dark cloud on everything, on him. Oh, it is. Like, despite it, and it always has been. It was, it was a dark cloud from the get-go. But, I mean, when 20 of 24 cases have been settled, right after you sign a $250 million contract, I feel like it's just really hard to believe that they've actually been settled properly. Yeah, more like just put a carpet over the uh, the stain and just let it go away. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's fucking insane. And then even after hearing the 24th lawsuit that came out just a couple weeks ago, you know, that was a whole monkey wrench that was thrown into Watson's legal system that could have had him suspended. And I truthfully think there should be a minimum a year suspension for this, you know, like the Browns are okay to do a minimum year suspension. They've already put them on a vet minimum this year. Like they're kind of expecting that there's some sort of suspension. Like if no suspension happens, it's fucking disgusting. Yeah. Um, I don't like, obviously. Yeah. It's, innocent until proven guilty or like you said it's skeptical it's skepticism until proven guilty because i also saw a post about how the texans gave him multiple rooms with 66 different masseuses and yeah each one of those masseuses signed an nda like i know that a lot of celebrities also get you know fans to sign ndas if they go out and they do like a meet and greet sort of thing one-on-one but i mean like it's just of course of course it was given that you know of course an nda with a masseuse is i feel like just a lot different than uh a fan yeah like that's just like and 60 different women like i was listening to pmt which you probably heard this as well arian foster was on and he said in his entire nfl career he was only given three. three and like and that's when, like, uh, one of them, like, he parted ways with one. He went to a yep. different team, so we got a different one. 60, and then one left. 60 plus is just... Absurd. It's unheard of. It's it, like, it, it really doesn't just... make any sense. What is the 45th different than the 38th? What is the yeah. 38th different than the 13th? Why no, do you need 60 different masseuses? You're obviously doing something. Yeah, clearly, because none of them want to keep coming back to you. You know, like, it's it's very it's, obvious, and it's a very telltale sign that there is something sp- suspicious going on. And, I mean, to throw, you know, a little cherry on top. Oh, yeah? You good? And the cherry on top of all of this is Watson had a video of him uh with Mia Khalifa like dunking on or trying to dunk on him in a maid outfit this man was undeniably horny 24 7 are we sure how old that video is because I heard multiple times that it was a very old video I'm not sure how old that video is, but regardless, who knows how long his reign of terror against masseuses in Houston has been going on for. It's a fair point. It's a fair point. 
and I knew yeah. you were I knew you were probably gonna rebuttal with that, but that was that was my thing where it was like if yeah. he's been in the league how long, you know, and you know, like Arian Foster was in the league how long, only had three, and he's been in the league four or five years. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's absurd. Yeah, there's it's, no way that you need this much. No, it's a math that doesn't add up. There's no solution to this problem. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree with you there. But yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Get a little water here. We'll see where this Watson situation goes. There's four le- four other cases that need to be settled. But this guy is not playing football anytime soon. And uh, despite how skilled of a player he is, he's still, in my eyes, a top 10 quarterback. But nothing is going to – he's put a very – like the darkest cloud he possibly can over his name, and I don't think it's ever going to go away until it for sure comes out that he did absolutely nothing wrong. Yeah. But uh, we're going to move on because we have another news. Gronkowski has – and still, air quotes <laughs> here – has retired. And he came out with a statement, and he said that he's always wanted to play for Tampa Bay. And something tells, something tells me that Bullshit. that is just so wrong. He literally oh went God. over there because Tommy went there. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I didn't read that because, in my opinion, sorry for interrupting, but, like, in my opinion, this motherfucker's not retiring. No, yeah, he's Even not his agent said that he's not surprised if Gronk comes back next year and plays. Yeah, he's not retiring. I guarantee you he's going to come back. I'll put a Mark Messier guarantee that he comes back and plays for at least one playoff run. Oh, yeah, he'll be brought back in. Yeah. Yeah. If the the Bucs make playoffs, he's going to sign as a fucking free agent. Or, uh, yeah, a free agent. He's going to be like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Let's just fucking go on this playoff run. My ribs are healthy. Uh, My arms are healthy. Isn't he technically still under contract? He's still so under he's still, contract. So he's yeah. still Tampa's property, pretty much. So pretty he's much. Gonna come back for playoffs. It'll be exactly what the Patriot or what Belichick did. If they want to trade his rights, yeah, they'll get like. I agree with what Bill did. You know, he traded his rights at the time he was still retired, and he got a seventh round pick. If Gronkowski yeah. like, first year got like a fourth round pick. No, I, oh yeah, it could have been a fourth round actually. I think it, I think it was higher than a seventh. Regardless, so like, he got a pick for a retired player. He got a decent value. Fucking Alvin, Alvin Kamara was a third or fourth round pick. Anything yeah. could come out of a fourth round pick. The chances very unlikely, but he still got he still got a draft pick for a player who was never going to play a game for New England again. Yeah, especially with Bill Belichick, who knows where he's drafting yeah. a third round player. <laughs> yeah. The second best coach in the NFL, according to Ian. Yeah, dude. <laughs> oh, no, the second best coach that he would want to hire. Yeah. Right away. Which, fuck this out. No, give me fucking belly all day. Yeah, and like, all shots at Ian. No, do you want, I'll give shots at Ian. I just thought it was funny because all the reasons he gave Sean McVay at being number one is exactly what Bill Belichick is as well. Plus, Bill has every accolade under his belt <laughs> so i'm like the only I mean, accolade that bill or that belichick doesn't have under sean mcveigh is his age yeah that's the only accolade. yeah and um the thing is i would still take uh sean mcveigh top five hundred percent but bill i just think like no matter what he's gonna be 
numero uno. Mm. If he like stepped down and was like looking to coach somewhere else, people would like just hire like the Jags just hired Doug Peterson. Oh, sorry, Doug, you're fired. I'm we're gonna <laughs> go for Bill. But no, yeah, that's uh that's all the news I got in the NFL right now. We're gonna shift over to the NBA because the the Golden State Warriors are once again NBA champions for the fourth time in eight years, seven, seven or eight years. Eight years. Eight years. Unbelievable. This team is this might be up there as probably the first or second best, in my opinion. And Steph Curry finally gets his finals MVP. Yep. Just an unbelievable teamwork dub for the dubs. I mean, you got Curry, who's always had the stigma of, like, he never shows up in the finals. Curry came and stepped up and delivered. Andrew Wiggins came from the fucking clouds and was like the second best player in the series, not just on the Warriors, but the series. Yeah, the series, yep. Clay Thompson didn't play as good, but he still g- delivered like a at least a Clay game. Yeah, Draymond, solid game. Draymond was the thorn in their side all series, just playing mental games. And Jason Tatum committed over 100 turnovers. That's that that was like, an insane stat to uh to read there. Yeah, like Golden State just played an unbelievable finals. And shouts out to you. Shouts out <laughs> to you. Let me give you a round of applause here. Thank you. Thank you. Aiden, you predicted it right. Dubs in six. Me and Liam went uh Celtics in seven, and uh little Benny Boy, Bing Bing, uh went Golden State in seven. But, man, give me your thoughts on the NBA Finals as a whole. What did you think of it? Was uh, Golden State, Boston, everything you were looking forward to? And fucking right. So, yeah, give me your, uh, give me your breakdown of it. Well, as we know, uh, the first two games were fucking write-offs. It was blowout, and then it was blowout. And yeah. It went, the series was 1-1. And it was like, okay, well, now this isn't a seven-game series. This is a five-game series. Because that was not, like, what either team should have played like. And it was obvious. Yeah. And then, you know, you come back and you see some good D from the Celtics. And you see some good D from the Warriors. But I'll tell you this. As soon as I saw Golden State uh, win game five, it was, it was locks. They're like, no, we're not fucking putting this to game seven we're shutting them down in the garden and killing them we're stepping on their necks and you know we're fucking we're finishing them yeah and that's exactly what they did and yeah game five the game five curry uh hit no threes and they still won and it was that's unbelievable that was the wiggins game i'm pretty sure that was the last time we recorded was right uh, after was game five and Mm -hmm. Wiggins had his absolute he had his game and when I knew that Golden State won this series was in game four when they took it uh in Boston when they split in Boston as well I'm like there's no way Golden State's losing two out of three games when they Mm -hmm. got home court yeah like they are winning this series 
Go Boston had to win game four, in my opinion, at home. They were up 2-1, and they needed to they needed to win that game. Yep. But when I saw that um Golden State took it, I'm like, oh, I don't know, man. I, I really like I really like Golden State the rest of the way. I just don't think that they're gonna lose. And next thing you know, they won like three straight games. And yeah. that's wraps. Yeah, it was, was uh, it was pretty insane. Uh, obviously, Steph's fucking his 40 plus point game was just absolutely absurd. And then even in game six, the fact that the Celtics were up 12 nothing. Yeah. Or 12 2, whatever it was. Like they were up and it was like, OK, OK, whoa, it's it's looking like it might not be a game six. But then Warriors are just so fucking good. Like they're a dynasty for a reason. And that is also why, uh, also in our episode a couple couple episodes back when we did the boys, uh, that's why it would take Steve Kerr, number one coach overall. Like, yeah, he's not just some guy who puts like amazing players in you know places that they'll play. He puts he knows what depth means, and yep. he understands the roles of. Their key role players, Jordan Poole, uh, Andrew Wiggins, uh, Gary Payton. Yeah. You know, and even like taking Draymond out. Um, I forget what game it was in, but it was like the last six minutes, and it was basically benching him. And it's like, no, like, what are you doing? Like, you're you're not playing like one of our best players right now. Sit on the bench, ride the bench for the last six minutes, and that lit a fire in green's ass yeah game five and game six he played like Draymond, and he hit a three yeah. he hit a three and it lit the whole fucking place on fire yeah <laughs> yeah the guy hit a three no 100 because curry you got to give him respects because there's a reason why golden state's the best third quarter team in the nba there's a reason mm-hmm. why they explode so much in the third quarter they scored the most point i'm pretty sure they scored like upwards of the most points in the NBA in the third quarter, like almost in fucking NBA history. Like they're one of the best third quarter teams to ever play. And Steve Kerr plays a big part of that because he's got to make the halftime adjustments. Yes, it's the personnel on the floor, 100%. That comes with everything. That comes with every part of coaching is like, yes, you have to rely on your players doing the job, but you also have to draw game plans to play defense and to counterattack and have an offensive scheme to put to gain such a substantial lead on your opponents. And that's exactly what Golden State does. So like 100% putting Steve Kerr number one is totally understandable because this guy just knows how to adjust. And when if you can get a good lead in any game, you're going to take that 10 times out of 10. It's just a matter on you to keep up with it on not letting the other team back in it. Right. So yeah, Steve Kerr has been unbelievable. And he's just a player's coach, too. He's always riding with his guys. He's always – and he was like – he's won a third of the last 27 NBA championships (laughs) as a player and coach. As a player and coach. Five as a player and four as a coach. This guy just has been around winning teams, and he just knows how to coach up coach down he just knows how to get to the players and to get the best out of them andrew wiggins for example everyone is like harping on him for not living up to his number one draft status 
But look at this guy. He's the second best player in a highly skilled series with Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Jordan Plum, running out of breath saying all these names. And Andrew Wiggins was the best, the second best player in this series. Yeah. And everyone wasn't even giving him a chance against Tatum. And this yeah. guy locked him up like four out of six games. And that's what kind of just like put it over the edge for me too uh, about Wiggins and stuff like that. Like this guy was first overall pick. Yeah. You know, he, he was considered the Canadian MJ for a reason coming out of college. and Maple Jordan. Maple Jordan. Maybe it's because he was the focal point of the shitty Timberwolves and it just wasn't his fit. Yeah. This is his fit. He doesn't need to be the number one. He doesn't need to be the guy to rely on. He needs to be like the second best player on the team. And third or fourth, he's like the fourth option on Golden State. And this guy was exactly on tears like this. No, I I think I think Wiggins could easily find a resurgence in his career after this. Maybe he gets a confidence that he's never had before because it's Mm -hmm. like, damn, I just locked up Tatum. I just played against the like one of the most up and coming teams in basketball ever with such a young core like boston's gonna be back in oh they're gonna be finals yeah at least like another two or three times in the next x amount of years years. yeah like in the next for foreseeable future i think boston is gonna be back oh 100 percent, especially if they get you know another another key player maybe on the edge of their you know uh edge of their prime or kind of in the back half of their career and they just come in and be a role player you know like yeah al al horford who knows how long he has right but it's like maybe getting tatum uh or maybe even getting jalen brown a dribble partner because holy fuck that guy couldn't dribble for shit man and yeah. it was it was embarrassing. Actually. Looking like Paula Fave out in the street, dude. I know I'm not any better at dribbling, but it's like I looked, and it's almost as if every fifth or sixth possession he had the ball, he kicked it out of bounds, or he kicked it right to Golden State, and it's like turnovers. And that's another thing: the turnovers, man. The turnovers yeah. that Boston had, not alone, or not a, not alone Jason Tatum, but Boston, man. Like you gotta be. Way more discipline with those yeah, turnovers. Yeah, way more discipline, 100%. I totally and it's kind of a scary fact that when they have 16 turnovers plus, they're losing the game. Yeah. <laughs> That's just bad. That is. That's bad. Like, you can't get to 16 turnovers in general. And the fact that they have, like, multiple stats with, like, 16-plus turnovers, it's like, man, you got to be way more careful with it. Way more. So, no, but what do you uh, – what do you think – Wiggins is going to do because if I'm not mistaken, I think he's a UFA at the end of the season. So, like, what would you do if you were him? Because, in my opinion, I would just stay. If they have the money for me, why wouldn't you just stay with Golden State? You still got Curry in, like, the edge of his prime. You still got Draymond. You got a young Jordan Poole. James Wiseman and Kaminga had barely even played these playoffs in their lottery picks. Yep. Why wouldn't you try and run it back with this team? And, like, you showed that you could be a focal point. But, like, if, what would you do if you were Wiggins? Would you chase the bag or maybe stay in the situation that kind of rose you from the dead, I guess, to put it harshly? But 
No, that's a fair point. I mean, if Wiggins is smart, he does the smart thing and he stays with this team and yeah. he takes this team over when Curry is on like his Vince Carter time, you know, where he's only yeah. playing like eight minutes a game, you know, where Wiggins, this, this could easily be his team. This could be his next team. And like you're saying, mm-hmm. all the draft lottery picks they have and, you know, they maybe trade for somebody else who is kind of, you know, again, or they sign someone who's kind of on the back half of their career. It's, it's looking like LeBron somehow wants out, <laughs> you know, I, I think you could put him at the power forward position, take away, uh, Oh fuck. Who would that take away on golden state starting five? Steph, Clay, Draymond. Wiggins, Wiggins, and then no, I don't know who their number five. You could is. probably put Draymond at the center, and then put Looney. Uh, I guess if Looney or well, if you got Wiggins there, he'd be in the forward position. Yeah, well, I'm just because Draymond plays the power forward, right? So mm. can LeBron. So yeah, just put Draymond at the center and put LeBron at a. Yeah, that'd be uh, insane. Power Curry, forward. Le- Curry and LeBron. God damn. It, it would almost fittingly be kind of like KD and yeah. Curry, except I feel like that would be a power struggle, though. Like, I, I think, think it, I think it could be as well. I think they each just need their own team because I mean LeBron's like thirty-seven. As much as you want to talk about Curry being on the back nine, LeBron's right there as well. Oh, he's so. he's right on the back nine. <laughs> so the fact that they're doing this without LeBron, I feel like it would almost make it worse if they do, despite LeBron's greatness. I just think LeBron's such a it needs to run through him, but also the same thing with Curry. Like Curry's the focal point of the offense. So despite how good he is off the ball, I just think it, there would be too much happening to make anyone happy, like to make everyone happy. So I feel like it'd be like, it's almost like perfect what they got here. Just get some young, hungry scorers that are looking for buckets. Yeah. And then th- the three main core that know how to win. And I think that's the perfect recipe what they have in it to turn into a championship. No, it definitely could be. Yeah. All right. Should we shift to the NHL? Cause it was a big night for awards and some other uh, stars in the league. Yep. Pretty big night. Um, the NHL awards. So I'll run through all of them and we can t- just fucking chat about them. Sounds good. Uh, awesome. Matthews big year for him. Uh, 60 goal score, 104 points, both career highs. He wins the heart for most valuable player uh, voted on by the board. And also wins the Ted Lindsay for most outstanding player voted on by the players. So he wins basically the two biggest awards he can win. And then Shesterkin wins the Vesna. We got Campbell Carr winning the Norris and Moritz Sider winning the Calder. Did they get any of these wrong? Uh, first off, I just want to say I, I was at the bar with my dad and it was 30 minutes before they started announcing um, the winners of everything. And I was just watching someone give like a subtle interview on the fucking <laughs> The place in general, and I'm like, damn, this guy's fucking hairline is awful. And then it just shows Austin Matthews, and oh I'm my. like, 
Yeah. Holy fuck, man. Um, I honestly don't think Austin Matthews should have won the heart. Uh, in my opinion, I, I think McDavid, like, I, I just don't know. How could you not give it to McDavid after this whole year? It, it didn't, it didn't make sense to me in my mind as to why um, Matthews has it. Uh, and then, yeah, Igor Shosturkin, that was pretty fucking obvious. And Gail McCarr, that was also pretty obvious in, uh, in my opinion as well. Um, wearing, uh, wearing, winning the, uh, the Norris. So, yeah, I don't have any other sort of fight in the, uh, in the reason as to why McDavid should have won the heart, but, uh, what are you going to do? Right. I honestly think they got all of these, right. Um, with the heart, I could see any of them winning it. So no matter who won the heart, I could totally understand you got Matthews almost putting the Toronto offense on his back and scoring 60 he had 47 and 47 at one point and goals turns into offense which turns into putting up uh running up the scoreboard which means taking away um the struggle or the stress for your goalies so, I mean, like, he just basically, like, he was very valuable to that team and, like, their wins. But also McDavid, I mean, he we, he put up 123 points and no one fucking is talking about it. So, yeah. like, that's insane. And then Igor Shosturkin puts up the seventh highest safe percentage in NHL history. Mm-hmm. And he, he led in just over two goals a game, which is absolutely absurd as well. So, anyone, who, any of those guys who won the heart, I would not have been surprised whatsoever. But I think Matthews, I mean, 60 goals, it's very hard to, like, avoid that. And it's like, I, dude, yeah, you you deserve it. I totally understand that. I, I knew he was going to win the Ted Lindsay at least, 100%. Most outstanding player for sure. Mm-hmm. What I don't understand is because they broke down the Shesterkin votes because it's, like, five points for first, three points for second, one point for third. Total amount of uh... Apparently they do first, second, third, fourth, and fifth. This is what I'm seeing off of sports nets. Not just not for Vesna. They only showed first, second, third. Oh, uh, oh, oh, sorry. I'm looking at the heart right now. And no, the heart goes uh, 10. Okay. Yeah, my bad, my bad. Yeah, I'm talking about Vesna. So they only do first, second, third, and it was five, three, one. Three other goalies got a first place vote. Now it doesn't what I don't understand. First of all, one of the goalies was Ilya Sorokin. Yeah. And like, yes, he had a fucking great year. Not going to doubt that. But not a chicken's dick chance was he fucking winning the Vesna. How did he not win? How did not, how did he not, how was he not the unanimous winner? If a yeah. goalie is up for the heart, no other goalie should even be up for nomination. Am I am I taking crazy pills for this? No, like, you're not. Like he's fact- up, he's up for MVP of the league. No the f- other goalie was better than him this entire year. No other goalie was even close. Who no one else had a chance at winning this. Yes, Mark Shimmy had nine shutouts. That's fantastic. 
unbelievable. You see Soros, you're one of the most underrated goalies in the league. You finally got your flowers by getting nominated for Vesna. Tough year to be voted because one of the best goalie years ever performed was put on by Shesterkin. Vasilevsky, yes, he's the best goalie in the world. He's going to get a first-place vote, whatever. Freddie Anderson, kind of random, but yes, he had a good year as well. No one else should have got a first-place vote than Shesterkin. He should have been the unanimous first. He, he should have been unanimous, in my opinion, just because of he's up for the heart. No other goalie was close to being a heart trophy winner other than him. No one else should even be close to winning the Vesna. So that's my that's my rant on it. Yeah, just, no, man. Go yeah. go the fuck off right there yeah. because I I could not agree more. Like that's that's actually kind of embarrassing as to why Shisterkin wasn't the unanimous winner. Like, what do you like have? Like a hundred he had, he had like 154 points, and second, Markstrom was at 53. Yeah, like this, this doesn't make any sense looking at this sheet. Like, the only one I could give a first place vote to, other than Igor, is Markstrom because, yeah, he had a great year of shutouts, held a great save percentage, and then Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky is just like the best goaltender in the league right now, like playoffs regular season wise whatever like yeah but looking at Ilya Sorokin and seeing Freddie Anderson getting a first place vote who the hell is smoking what kind of crack to put them on the list and honestly shout out Thatcher Demko getting one first place or one third place vote so that's pretty fucking sick (laughs) I must say and then I also saw uh, as I was just like kind of looking around, <laughs> one of the funniest ones is how they do the heart voting for uh, whatever. And tied for 14th, uh, JT Miller and Matthew Tachuk, both with one fifth place vote. Not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Not a big deal whatsoever. But yeah, no. Um, uh, looking at the point spread, Austin Matthews like, run away with it. You had a great season. Um, All right, sorry, where were we at? Because I'm, my headphones are just driving me nuts right now. Uh, it's basically just giving Austin Matthews his flowers. He uh, he had an amazing season. McDavid had an amazing season. And Shesterkin also had an amazing season. And shout out everyone on the list from 4th through 15th, basically 15th. Uh, they all, from what I know, had uh, pretty amazing years. Um, like, you could consider everyone on the heart voting list an MVP in their own way, just because of how much of an impact they had. Uh, Same with the Norris, except like, yeah, you almost felt like Kale McCarr, who actually didn't get as many first place votes uh, as Yossi, Yossi, still won it, which is insane to me because, you know, just watching 
like going on YouTube and watching Kale McCarr highlights or watching Matthews McDavid or Shesterkin highlights from this year. Looking at McCarr, he's like he's like an offensive player who can play defense better than any defenseman. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's absolutely crazy. No, he is legit insane. It, it is insane. <laughs> He's gone away. This man is upset. I'm gonna lose my mind. <laughs> it's okay. We'll get we'll get done with the with the recording here. That way you can throw yourself into your pillows and just fucking kill yourself. <laughs> oh, he's put in the AirPods, everyone. He has put in the AirPods, and we're about to do this right on recording. We're we're all here for the ride. All right. Is it okay if you repeat that? No, I can't. <laughs> tell how loud I'm speaking to the mic because it's connected to a different device. So if I'm talking too loud, just let me know. I'll tell you right now, you're good. And I basically just said that we're in this looking at you going uh, and putting your AirPods and we're, we're all here for the ride. Yeah. When you hear feedback into your microphone and you can't figure out why it's happening, it is the most frustrating thing of all time. And I may have almost broke my little fucking device trying to figure it out. <laughs> Yeah, it is stressing me out because I'm not sure. It's probably not. It might be crazy, but the recording might pick it up like within my Zoom file. Mm -hmm. So now like this entire podcast might just be completely ruined. So if part of that, maybe like half of this fucking episode is ruined because of my feedback, I apologize. But it's just the way it's going to happen. Hey, Sometimes it really be like that, man. Yeah, I'll maybe cut it out whenever like Hayden's talking because the files record separately. But on my end, you might just hear some feedback. So I apologize for that. Put the AirPods in so I can't hear it at least. But we'll see how the rest of it goes. But no, that was the NHL awards. Um, not a lot of surprises on my end. Moritz Sider wins it, which I think it was totally deserved. He like dominated the voting too. He won it by a shit ton. So yeah, on my end, not a ton of surprises. Uh, we'll carry on to some Canucks news. They won a very big sweepstake. They Oops. they won uh, Russian star Andre Kuzmenko. Was it Evgeny Kuzmenko? I, I believe it's Andre Kuzmenko. I think it's Andre, yeah. And this guy is the number one basically overseas free agent that was on the free agent market and the Canucks bloody won him somehow somewhere he's a 26 year old Russian um he was playing over in CK St. Petersburg if I'm not mistaken and he had he was second in the league scoring this year with 53 points in 42 games or 43 games something like that or for like I think it was maybe 53 and 46 he was an unbelievable player. He's a guy who's great on the power play, great top six winger. He can score. He can dish it out. He's a good skater. He's basically exactly what the Canucks need. He's a no-risk player, and the Canucks won him. Aiden, what do you think that this move does for the organization going forward? 
Uh, I heard it today on the radio of how uh, these sweepstakes are just like the biggest fucking thing in the world right now. And it's it's funny to me just because obviously if I'm getting into the league, you know, I haven't heard a thing about this guy. You know, I haven't heard anything. But the fact that they were gloating and saying how Edmonton was almost like the front runner, but then they didn't get him. And somehow Vancouver was just the place that he wanted to go. I'm excited to see what this fucking kid can do. Me too. I say kid and he's fucking four years older than me and, and you, and <laughs> like, who knows how it's going to play out, but it's, it's going to be awesome to, you know, recognize him and see him in the blue and green and be like, Hey, this guy, we basically fucking won. Like, let's see what he does. Yeah. So I'm I'm thoroughly excited to see exactly what he is and who he is because he's just picking up steam and it's only day one. Yeah. I'm sure that this means that we probably trade one of Besser, Garland, or JT Miller. Mm-hmm. Depending on either how the first year goes, maybe at the trade deadline we move them. But I assume that we most likely trade JT Miller just because apparently like they're off on term for a contract extension. And there's some like the New Jersey Devils, like their second overall pick is kind of available. And Mm -hmm. Ottawa's just said their seventh overall is available. So it depends what kind of direction those organizations organizations are trying to move. So there's a lot of things up in the air within the Canucks organization. So I'm uh, I'm looking forward to what this Kuzmenko kid can do, just like you. And I think he's gonna be good. I got us like it's a no risk play. So yeah. let's let's just see how the kid plays, and maybe we, it can uh, he can be a long time Canuck after this season. Hopefully, let's hope. But uh, also one note, I just remembered the coaching carousel. So. I'm not too sure if we talked about this last episode, but Bruce Cassidy did go to Vegas after being fired from Boston. Uh, Peter Boer has been hired by Dallas Stars. So after being uh, fired by Vegas, he uh, goes over to New Jersey. John Tortorella is going to Philly, um, hoping to change the culture there. He's very excited to do that. Add some uh, sandpaper finish to that team. And... The, the trot sweepstakes are still up there. Uh, Martin St. Louis has returned to Montreal, as everyone should have expected, because that guy is an absolute beauty and turned that team season around, even though they were always going to be last place. Mm-hmm. But they he brought some life to some young players like Caulfield and Suzuki. And then uh, there's one more I just thought of, and it just escaped me. Just escaped me, Hayden. I'll see if I can look it up and... Uh... Oh my gosh, this is going to annoy me. The Oilers? Yes, Woodcroft re-signed in Edmonton for three years. That was the exact one I was thinking of. So, um, yeah, the coaching carousel has been going insane. Uh, Lots of coaches um, deserving of jobs like Woodcroft, St. Louis, and another guy that may or may not be returning is Andrew Burnett of Florida. Very interesting that he... Got them to the President's Trophy, but it's still yet to be returned as coach. 
Because, I mean, also, Joel Quenville has said that he wants to return as coach, but I don't know if the NHL is quite ready to do that after the scandal earlier on in the season. But lots of coaches um, still to be hired. Um, that Jets Brewery offered beer for life to Trots. We talked about that. He was offered yep. $7 million a year in Philly, and he turned it down. So, obviously, oh something something God. in Philly wasn't um, – didn't very – didn't really um, intrigue Barry Trotz. But, no, man, it's a, it's going to be very interesting, Just not just with the coaches, but any move in general, whether or not a star will be moved, the team's going to go in a different direction, go try to contend. I'm, I'm excited to – See what happens. Hell yeah. It's going to be a very interesting offseason, uh, obviously, when playoffs end. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to try and even get up to more games this year. That's yeah. that's going to be a personal goal of mine. Especially with that Kuzmenko guy. I think he's going to draw a lot of people to Rogers to see him play live, just to see kind of what player he is and what he can bring to this uh, fan base in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's gonna be exciting. All right, should we talk about some Stanley Cup uh, Stanley Cup Finals? Because sure. it we uh, talked about it before it's even started last episode, and we'll kind of go from game one up to where we are now, and then we'll get the hell out of here. So, uh, game one, uh, Tampa wins four three in overtime. That vow that you mean uh, Colorado wins four three in overtime. Sorry, who did I say? You said Tampa. Sorry. Yes, Colorado wins 4-3 in overtime. They get out to a 2-0 lead. Goes to 2-1, then shifted to 3-1. Tampa comes back, ties it up 3-3. And then the rest of rest is history. Burakovsky slams it home in overtime. What did you think of game one overall? Game one was good. It was good to see that there was fight in uh, both teams. It was cool to see the the lightning kind of come back and honestly as soon as overtime started i was like i just had a feeling that the avalanche were gonna win and they did you know it was kind of it almost seemed like it almost seemed like they they almost lost the game more than they won it you know yeah. because it was their game to lose and they almost did <laughs> they almost did but then, uh, yeah, what'd you think about game two? Well, I want to talk more about game one because Nichushkin, that guy is absolutely uh-huh. on a tear. A, a few years ago, he scored one goal in 57 games. And now he's looking forward to making $5 million a year next year on his next contract. He's on. He's just playing so good, scoring a couple goals in game one, plus the game-winning assist. This guy is just absolutely playing on another level right now. Just added so much depth to this roster. And then the Anthony Sorelli trip to put Colorado five on three. That was such a joke of a call. I like, I saw that and I'm like, yeah, it's going to, yeah, that's going to be talked about for a bit because it was ridiculous. Colorado is already on the man advantage. And then to call that to put him up five on three, it's just it's way too soft of a call. You can't really make that. Basically, the guy's a commit murder, in my opinion, to put a team five on three when they're already on a power play. So 
Yeah, it was a very bit of a weak call, but Tampa coming back, I mean, it just shows why they're the two-time champ. Vasilevsky kind of got warmed up, mm-hmm. and I honestly thought it was 50-50 in overtime. I could see either team winning this, but Colorado just dominated from the get-go. I was Colorado is a much better team in game in game one and just the first three periods in general. They were just much better. They always had scoring chances, but just it was just a matter of capitalizing on all of them. And yeah. I mean, leaving game one, everyone was like, Tampa's everyone knows Tampa. They always play much better after a loss. So going into game two, it was not the case. No. <laughs> Colorado played. I we were camping for this game. Yeah. And when Kiana came up to me and said, "Hey, do you want to know the score of the game?" I'm like, "Yeah." Was it like Tampa win? She's like, "No." Or like, oh, like what's the score? I was like, "Is Tampa win?" Like what? Like four two? And she's like, "Nah, seven nothing Colorado." I almost <laughs> shit my pants on the spot. I'm like, Damn. "What?" I'm like, "There's no way." And unfortunately, I got home and the game wasn't recorded. Oh, so, so all I got was highlights. So I just watched like multiple highlight packages. And Colorado played one of the most perfect games from a highlight package I've ever seen. Half of them were two on ones, and like two of them were on the sh- like shorthanded. Mm-hmm. Like Colorado played such a perfect hockey game, putting up seven goals. And letting in none, out chancing them like thirty to one. Yeah, the entire game it was just unbelievable, and that's those are the performances you need, especially playing back to back champs. No, oh, definitely. And uh, funny story about that the seven nothing part was, I was on the ride home, and I was driving home Connor. I was driving home Shaden, and it was so funny. Shaden just kind of like. Dozing off, like neck down, not obviously knowing about it. And Connor and I are just kind of like talking softly. And I was like, I wonder what the fucking score of the hockey game was. He's like, You want to know? I'm like, Sure. And then he just goes, Holy shit. (laughs) Shaden, like, just fucking, (laughs) just fucking looks up. And uh, Connor's like, oh, Shaden, I didn't mean to wake you. It's just Colorado won 7 nothing, And I was like, holy fuck, 7 nothing!" Like, against against Vasilevsky, like, I know he's had some fucking dud games this year, especially in, like, game ones, yeah. but 7 nothing. Oh, my. Especially for Tampa not to get a goal. You know, it's kind of yeah. like I expect Tampa to get at least one goal. Yeah, awesome that's weekend. what that's what kind of surprised me because I mean the Rangers put up six against Tampa, so it wasn't out of the realm of possibility to put up a high amount of goals. It's just a matter of Tampa responding, and they just didn't they couldn't get anything going against nope. Colorado in game two. So I, that's exactly what surprised me was like, yeah, Colorado got seven goals, but like Rangers also got six, Toronto got five. Like, it wasn't completely absurd. It was just Tampa got nothing against, like, Kemper. Like, Kemper's a good goalie, but, I mean, Tampa's Tampa's offense is superior than how good Kemper is. Like, I'm surprised they didn't get anything on him. That's what, like, Tampa just swallowed up 
Colorado just swallowed up Tampa's offense, didn't let them do anything, and they just capitalized on all their scoring chances. Kellen McCarr scoring two, one on, one on the power play, one shorthanded. Like, a two-on-one shorthanded with Kale McCarr having the puck, that's going to result in the goal like 75% of the time. At so, least. Yeah, game two is just pure domination. And I've, I don't think – it'll be hard to see a more perfect game played than Colorado in game two. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. So, I mean, with game two, all I put in my notes here, like game one I put like the Chishkin on a tear, like Sor- the Sorelli trip, like Tampa made a comeback. Game two, all I put was domination. That's all yeah, I put. That's I mean, all you need to put. Yeah, there's no other words to describe that. So, no. but game three, Tampa had to come back. First game on home ice in the Stanley Cup Finals, being down two zero is basically a must win. Basically a must. Win. If you're win going down three nothing, you're gonna have to win four straight. Which obviously, until the cup is lifted, I'm always gonna say Tampa has a chance in this series, no matter what, because they're back to back champs and they won four straight against New York. Like, what's the yep. Sturkin in that? Like, I'm not counting them out until the other team is lifting the cup. So, I mean, even going down 3 nothing, I still believe Tampa just gets one, two in a row. Like, it'll be scary territory for the other team despite them being up. But, I mean, Colorado's a different beast. So, uh, game three, they have to win. And they just, they played a great game in game three. This Colorado did play good as well, but Tampa was just there. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on, like, game three overall? Game three, it was just fucking crazy to see in the second period uh, Tampa just going off. Yeah. You know, it was, like, I'm pretty sure it was 2-2, right? And then just it was 5-2 in, like, a blink of an eye. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm just, like, I'm, like, watching it. After um, Landeskog scored to tie it up, or to get it in one, one of the two, it was kind of like, hey, Colorado, they, they have a chance. They have a chance. And then it's just, yeah, power play. Boom. Tampa capitalizes. Uh, Colorado gets a power play. Doesn't get anything. Tampa fucking scores. Stamkos, you know, like, it, it just shows you that <laughs> Tampa's not, not done. And my take of Tampa in six, it kind of got hindered, you know, a little, uh, little game back. Obviously, but, I, mean, I was thinking the uh, the second game would have gone way differently. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm still on the right track as in uh, Colorado's up 2-1. But I still believe Tampa is going to win in six until tomorrow, until we see uh, what Colorado decides to uh, do or what Tampa decides to do. Yeah, I mean, like, Colorado needs to win two for Tampa to win in six. So, like like you said, like, you're still on track for it to happen. I still think this is going seven. Mm-hmm. If anything, I think Tampa either wins in seven or Colorado wins in six. Like, I, I think – I just say I can't see Tampa winning four straight on Colorado despite goaltending. I just think it will be much harder to do with – how high flying and up tempo Colorado plays because mm-hmm. despite losing six two, Colorado still had a shit ton of chances. Oh, so many in chances. game six. It's just Vasilevsky was there, and it was just lack of putting the puck in the net. Yeah. So 
I think that offside call really swung momentum. Um, with that puck just barely getting out of the zone, it was offside. Uh, I do think there was conclusive evidence that it was called just barely, but I do think it was a good call. But yeah. I think it swung momentum Tampa's way. But I mean, how good Vasilevsky played, and they did get to Kemper, but I still think Colorado played enough for me not to be worried about them despite a 6 2 loss. So I still think that if Tampa's going to win this, it's going to be in seven. I don't think Tampa's going to win four straight against them. <laughs> but I can see Colorado like trading wins with Tampa, like winning, yeah. winning, Tampa winning, Colorado winning as well like that kind of thing mm-hmm. so but i still think i think the higher chance of it going seven like i think colorado like game four it's a must win for either team in my opinion yeah i think game four is kind of like the game four of uh the nba finals there i agree yeah i, I agree. think this could determine a winner or a loser here yeah i Colorado wins are up 3-1, but Tampa gaining momentum with two straight wins. It'll be very hard to beat them after mm-hmm. that. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, despite the like the fact that McKinnon hasn't scored yet is really scary. Shocking. Uh, yeah, because Cam- now that you've said it, there's going to be a McKinnon game between now and the next time we record. Yeah, uh, that happened that happened last time. I yep was talking to Brandon. I said the fact that Colorado's playing this good against St. Louis and McKinnon hasn't had one of his games yet is insane. And then the next <laughs> game, he had like four points with a hat trick. Yeah, like, with a hat trick, yeah. I'm like, all right, the timing of that is impeccable. So <laughs> McKinnon has yet to rise. He has your I number. Mean, yeah, but I mean, I think I think this series is going seven. Uh, But game four, I think Colorado wins it in overtime. Ooh. All right, all right. I think it's going to be within a one or two goal game, but I do think it goes to overtime. I don't think it's going to be a seven nothing or six two game. Like I think it's mm. going to be a game more like more like uh, game one, game one, but less. Uh, Tampa heavy the first half, uh, period and a half. Tampa heavy the last half of the game, and then overtime. I think it's going to be very back and forth back game and four, forth, but yeah. but Colorado coming out on top, playing much much better defense and capitalizing more on their offense but mm-hmm. i do think it's going to be like a f- i think it's going to be 5-4 f- in overtime for colorado no 3-2 in overtime for colorado already for game 4 and then game 5 we'll see where it goes mm-hmm. but i i honestly next time we record Stanley cup might be raised might be which is crazy to say but what it like, what do you think is to come in game four before we head out? Well, obviously, if I'm going to stick with my uh, my picks, I think Tampa wins the rest of the way through here. I I mean, I have to stick with the lock. You got to stick with and, your guns. Yeah, I got to stick with my guns. Uh, I, Like I said, I see Tampa winning in six, but if they were to do it in seven, Tampa wins now. Tampa wins game six, and then Tampa wins game seven. If they were to win in seven, and then obviously Colorado wins at home, so it's going to be like 
Well, Colorado's is has the home ice advantage, so, exactly. they'd be winning, so they'd be winning on the road in Game Six, is what you're saying? No, no, or, no, no. Tampa wins Game Six. Tampa wins Game Seven. Colorado oh, so wins Game Five. To go up three two, and then Tampa wins with their back against the wall. I got yeah. you. Yeah, I that's you. that's that's pretty much how I kind of see it. Back up against the wall, uh, taking home two wins. Or, but I'm gonna stick with my guns. Tampa winning, rest all the way, of the way out. Yeah, I, uh, I guess. Uh, Seeing okay, as I'll... how it goes, though, sorry for like delaying this, my bad. But uh, I say Tampa wins three one. Three one. Three one. I can see that. Even though Colorado will probably get like fifty shots on net somehow. <laughs> yeah, but I mean it is Vasilevsky. Yeah. But I guess I'll uh, I'll kind of plan mine the way through if I'm going to pick in seven. I think Colorado um, wins next game to go up three one, and then I think Tampa. With their back against the wall, wins the next two. And then I think Colorado in game seven just guts one out and captures one uh, for two in game seven and lifts the cup at home. That's how I got it going down. But, I mean, I want Colorado to win. So, I mean, in any sort of fashion, if they win, I'll be happy just because I want to see Nate Dogg win a cup. Mm. But I mean, this is going to be an exciting finals, and I'm so totally excited with how the rest of it's going to play out. I'm just hoping for good hockey here, as cliche as that is. Yeah, as cliche as it could be. Yeah, exactly, brother. All right, man. This was an incredible episode. Very packed. Lots to talk about. We uh we covered a lot here. That's how we do. That's how we do it, baby. But uh, let the people know where they can find you. On Instagram and Twitter at Hayden underscore Barton. Uh, that's it. <laughs> Betty, uh, we are the left side heavy boys now. And on fucking Instagram, it said, do you want to sync with your Facebook? And I pressed yes, not knowing what it meant. But now I can't change my. Your settings bio- when you post. My my biography name on the left side heavy page. So it just says Jevin LaFave underneath. Uh, and it won't let me change it. And I'm like, it's because I think your account's linked with your Instagram account. And yeah. It's not like a separate under separate email. I think that's why. Uh... The thing is, I'm pretty sure it is. It's so weird, but like the left side heavy page is not just me. It's me and Hayden. So I don't want you to discredit it at all. It's us <laughs> running the account, but um, yeah, follow the page. Um, on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at left side heavy underscore to get everything for the show. Follow me on Instagram at Jevin.lefave on Twitter at Jevin Lefave. And if you're listening to this, but you want to watch instead, head over to our YouTube, see our beautiful faces with our beautiful uh, uh, voices, and to catch the steroid filled air quotes that we've used a couple times this uh, episode. But and also, don't forget to leave a rating interview everywhere you get your podcast. It really helps grow the show overall. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed, and we will see you guys next time. Peace.
we're in the right place do you know it do you know it did you tie yourself down are you losing your grace did you blow it did you lose it